Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm... Beyond excited to introduce our next podcast guest, Jafet Nagast Landis, born right. to a Rastafarian father in Panama and then raised in Brooklyn, New York. That's right. Okay, so he goes by the name Rufio in music, and he was the drummer for, I think, many people, but TV on the radio is the Most one recently, that yeah. I love TV on the radio. So I, that was exciting seeing that. But most importantly to me, he actually is the founder and creator of Jaw Mama Hot Sauce. And per his namesake, he goes by Jaw Landis. And it is actually my favorite hot sauce. And oh, man. No, and really, I actually, it was my favorite hot sauce before I even knew you. So that's what's important. Well, we love that. Yeah. I mean, just getting out there little by little. Shout out to all the small business owners. Yeah, yes. and it's an amazing hot sauce and everyone should. It's an amazing hot sauce, but it actually has a more amazing story. But I'm going to let you get into that. Anyway, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you pleasure. for being here. We're so happy. Um, so as you know from listening to past podcasts, we start the podcast off with two questions. What is your definition of success and what is your definition of fulfillment and are they at all intertwined? I love that question. I think they are, at least for me, I can only speak for myself, they're definitely intertwined because ideally when you are feeling fulfilled, it is because you feel successful in some capacity in your life, right? And obviously there's different ways of measuring success. There's personal success, there's business success, there's family success. But the main thing is that you're going into every moment, every experience, honestly and genuinely to yourself. You know what I'm saying? I feel like in yourself, you should really find those things that you can achieve that make you feel like you are being successful in your day to day. And in that you will feel fulfillment. That's how I feel. Try not to think about it too hard. Just kind of live your life from a very honest and genuine place. And both of those things will kind of fall in line organically. So uh, that's an amazing answer. Watching y'all take notes is yeah, pretty we're like, hilarious. We are Barbara Walters. I love it. Well, um, no, just on the note thing, it's that we we remember certain things you say, and then we have a question, but maybe it's not the right time for it, right? Yes. Uh, and also, we actually, per that, we when we first started, we would listen back and we're like, we're interrupting our guests a lot. And it's because we're afraid we're going to lose the question. Oh my goodness. So we I were, love so it. So Annabelle was like, actually write it down. Podcast and then, tips and tricks, yes, y'all. Because we all have it. Yeah. Okay. So that's an amazing answer. And I, I would say it's very similar to what, how I would define it. I think what I'm really struggling with, and I would love to know like how you approach this is do you set out to define what those things are? Have you done any work to figure out like 
what does it mean to live a genuine and honest life to myself and be myself? And on the flip, have you gone into situations where you're like, whoa, I wasn't being true to myself? I, I think you kind of learn to be true to yourself by experiencing those moments when you know that you're not keeping it a buck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. When you're definitely like faking the funk to like, you know, schmooze or fit into a situation or whatever. But for me, I think it was traveling. I think being able to travel the world with so many amazing people with money, without money, you know what I mean? Like seeing the world and, and seeing different places and meeting people from all different walks that don't have the same day-to-day -day existence as you. I feel like that's where you kind of learn what being genuine is, being honest, being sincere, and having the confidence to do that. I think at the end of the day, it's like really your self-confidence that allows you to be your true, genuine self. You know, I feel like if you're not really confident in who you are and love who you are and know that who you are is all you're ever going to be, it's really, you know, kind of challenging to just keep it a hundred. Right. You know what I mean? If you don't even know who you are or love who you are, like you're not changing that. Like your core, your DNA, those things are built in before you are even out in this realm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, I, I don't really think I, I work on it per se. I just think I'm aware of the fact that who I am is who I am, you know? So you do feel like you have a very strong sense of identity. And so you know, like, who you are. Does that come from your parents? Does that come from your environment growing up? Where is that coming from? That comes from New York City, <laughs> where you have to be original. You're surrounded by so many people all the time. You're in confined spaces, whether it's classrooms when you're in school or the cafe or the subway or wherever, like you're going to, you, you feel, you kind of just organically feel like the need to stand out. You know what I mean? And I think in standing out, you really, you have to know who you are. You know what I mean? You, you, you're definitely going to know because you're in such close proximity to other people that I'm not like that, you know, or I am really similar to that, or I like what that looks like, what that feels like. I'm going to try it out and see if it resonates with me. And if it does, then I know that it's what I'm supposed to be doing. And if it doesn't, then not so much. So I love that you're saying that, like, you have to stand out and be original. And we both lived in New York, so we, we totally understand that. But I think a lot of people, sometimes when they see that, they actually go the opposite way and they try to fit in because they want to be included in certain social circles or be part of this club or whatnot. So how do you kind of, like, find the balance of, like, wanting to fit in for, like, belonging to something, but also, like, staying true to yourself and standing out? And if you don't agree with something, you're standing out and you're... Maybe it's not the voice of the crowd, but it's your authentic voice. I again, I think it goes back to, you know, that self-confidence again. Mm -hmm. It's just like when you're confident in yourself, when you know for a fact that who you are and what you are is what you're always going to be. Not saying that you can't learn things and evolve. Like I just said, like you can see something, be inspired by it, try it and see if it like resonates with you. And it's, it's really just having that inner dialogue with yourself to know whether something is real for you or not. And I feel like people are lazy. People don't really <laughs> want to do that like internal work or have that like internal conversation or take other perspectives into account, you know? For me personally, I, I think it just kind of comes natural. Like I, I grew up inner city. I migrated from Panama to New York City. Right. I had to really learn, I had to learn a whole new language, you know what I mean? Le let alone like, you know, what this new city like was and what it felt like and, and all that. So I guess I got it from, from home. You know, my mom is a strong and amazing woman that raised me with so much love and with <laughs> an iron fist. Like she was very protective and very steadfast in the fact that she wanted to raise me to be a gentleman and be a person that earned respect. And I think she did a really good job. I think I just heard Gemma. That's my little baby upstairs. <laughs> so cute. Let's bring um, her down. I think like you make a lot of good points. I think even the fact that you have to learn a new language. So like when I talk to my dad, my parents both immigrated here from Iran. And when I talk to my dad about with something I'm insecure about or struggling with, which is obviously not necessarily the most validating response, but is reality. He's like, I don't have time to think of that shit. I was like... 
I don't speak the language. I don't have money. I don't have this. Like I don't have time to not be anyone but myself and charge ahead. Survival mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there is a level of like, you know, the perspective of I'm 32 now and I grew up in LA and I have, you know, everyone's here and whatnot. So I won't ever probably experience that unless I move somewhere else. But I think there is like a really beautiful strength and resilience and just like immigrant culture in general. And like, that's why people also band together and create community where they're like, we don't have another option. So we're just going to continue being ourselves, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's a super valid point. I feel like when you migrate to another place that isn't your your home turf, yeah, your main idea or, or your main focus is survival. It's just mm-hmm. like, how am I going to make sure that I have like my basic necessities? And then multiply that times a million when you have like a little one that you have to look after or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like really tricky. But at the end of the day, like we're all here because someone migrated here. America exists because people migrated here. Like traveling as a group, traveling by yourself, like you find that community by necessity, I think. Right. Yeah. And those are the things that kind of like really dictate like how you move, like like how you how you exist in the wherever place you are. You know, when I moved from Panama, I was so young, you know, I was like three, four years old. Like I didn't really have many responsibilities other than eating and, you know, <laughs> wanting stuff that I couldn't get, you know, yeah. at the time. But, you know, we, we thugged it out. My family, we're all despite not having much when we came up, like we definitely had self-respect and gave respect and organically, or we're, I don't know if it even, if it was even organic, I, I think we were just taught like from our moms, like you need to be a good person. Don't lie. That's poor form. You know what I mean? Don't steal. Like that's not yours. You know what I mean? Like don't see something and beg for it because you know, like your time will come for whatever that thing is that you're that you're wanting in that moment. So yeah, I think it came from immigrant moms, single yeah. single immigrant moms that raise men that really strive to be gentlemen. <laughs> I love that. And the world needs more of that, honestly. <laughs> so beautiful. I want to bring something back to what you said at the beginning, part of your definition of fulfillment and success that you try not to think about it too much and try not to think about things too much. I think in today's society, there's so much noise and so much content and so much news. And it's hard for us to not think about things too much because we're always, we're kind of taught to like second guess ourselves. And mm-hmm. if there's a better thing out there, we always want more and more. So how do you kind of like take that all back and just be like, no, I, I kind of know what is good for me, or I'm not going to think overthink this too much. Like this is the right decision for me. And I know that in my gut. I think you have to try shit out. I could curse on here. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You got to try shit out. Like you can't just like have this idea and like be like, oh, I'm I'm going to, I'm not going to do that because I, I, this is what's going to happen. But the fact is you, you don't know what's going to happen unless you try it, you know, like, and for me, yeah, I don't, I don't overthink things too much, but I'm still super ambitious. You know, I wouldn't have taken the advice of all my friends encouraging me to, sell this hot sauce that I made during the pandemic because they really liked it on their breakfast and wanted to have more access to it. If I wasn't ambitious, like I'm totally fine with ambition and and working towards something, but I don't overthink the process. I just kind of like do what needs to be done. I I really, I don't think I I can really articulate it that well because I'm not really like, I'm not really thinking too hard about it. I just know that my main focus is my intention and my intention is coming from a place of love and respect and compassion. And if you move that way, then the decisions that you make are naturally going to lead you on a path that it's supposed to be. Not to say everyone is going to be on that same frequency. Definitely have to like navigate through assholes all the time um, or people that try to take my kindness for weakness, which I definitely am not. But I don't think you need to overthink shit. I need to. I think you need to overtry shit. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know? Right. Wow, I love that. Overtry. Yeah. Can Don't we coin that term? Overtry. So going back to this, did not overthink it. So you had an idea during COVID. You wanted to create your hot sauce. Your friends were telling you about it. I think. Today's modern day, like Jasmine can attest to this, like you have an idea, you get overwhelmed by the idea, right? So you're like, oh, like how do I have to find manufacturers and suppliers and the ingredients and that? I think a lot of people go into like, oh, like there's just too much, it's too overwhelming and then never actually execute. So how do you like not overthink things and just, as you said, try, like put things together, start emailing some people, like getting it all together and not get overwhelmed by the big picture? Yeah. And to add to that really quickly, like I think creativity takes a lot of courage and trying takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of vulnerability and like per, yeah, I wish I could think less about, you know, how I was coming off when I said something or did something or tried something. First, maybe we can detour a little and you can tell us the story of Jamama. We know the story, but we'd love it for our listeners. And then go into, yeah, like when you decided to do that during the pandemic, like how you go from creative idea to execution. I like how you brought it back to the original question because yeah. I was like, oh, what was the, what was the first question? Like, Shit. Um, <laughs> I cannot stress enough the importance of having a team, you know, having people that you can bounce ideas off of, not really operating in a vacuum, knowing that anything that you try to do is going to take work and effort and there's going to be hills and valleys of shit being easy and shit being really challenging, you know? For me, obviously, you know, this thing came at, at a time when everyone was feeling a little vulnerable and not sure what what was happening. Some people were just like, fuck it, I'm still going out. I'm going to just live my life like normal. But me and my girlfriend at the time were like, we staying in the fucking house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to like see how this unfolds, but we're posting up. Like we're going to pop out to go to the market and get food. And we're going to watch everything on HBO that we never watched before because we didn't have time. And in that kind of pause in reality, I. I had time to kind of just really do a major audit on my life and like what I was doing and the people that were in my ecosystem, in my garden, you know what I mean? And like really processing like who belongs there, who doesn't, and kind of taking time to assess things that I was too busy to actually pay attention to, like grieving my mom. Like I just kind of, my mom passed. It felt sudden, and not not to make it all uh, super heavy, but um, it was my birthday morning, 2018. My birthday is June 13th. I'm a Gemini. You can hate <laughs> if you want, but I think we're pretty tight. And I spoke to my mom that morning and, you know, we said our love yous and she said happy birthday. And it was one of those birthdays when you wake up and no one hits you up yet. And you're just like, do people even care about me? Like, what is this day going to be like? I haven't really heard from from anyone And then I get a call, like, we're going to the beach, you know? So I'm like, all right, mom, I got to go. I'm going to go to the beach um, with a bunch of friends and see what this day turns into. I don't really have, like, any concrete plans or anything like that. And I remember going to the beach. One of my really dear friends was in town from New York. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to the beach. Let's go. We hop in the car. We get to the beach. It's feeling like, you know, the birthday vibes are starting to bubble up. And um, I get a phone call from my brother and I'm just thinking, oh, he's calling to say happy birthday, pretty normal, you know, standard fare. And when I pick up the phone, he's just like, yo, are you by yourself right now? And I was just like, my heart like literally just sank. I was just like, yo, what on earth just happened? Like he didn't say anything, but just the tone of his voice and that instinct 
or I, I don't know what it, what you call it, but I, I felt that thing that was just like, something's not right right now. So I'm like, I'm at the beach with a bunch of friends. Let me like walk off real quick. So I walk off and he tells me, mommy just passed. And I was just like, no way. What? I just spoke to her this morning. He's just like, yeah. Um, I, I was like, I got to go. I got back to the group. I was like, yo, I got to split. Um, something just came up. I spoke to one of my really amazing best friends in the whole world, Sam, who's the nicest, coolest, smartest, most talented, realest person on earth. Shout out to Sam Borkson, the weirdest, coolest person on <laughs> earth. I was like, yo, this just happened. I got to go. Don't really tell anyone. I don't want to harsh the vibe. I'll follow up with you and, and let you know what, what's going on. He's just like, oh my God, he gave me a big hug. And he was just like, all right, no worries. I won't say anything. Go do your thing. I'll tap in with you in a little while. So I get back home and I'm just like, you know, when you get information like that, it's just like a big like shock. It's like all of your wind gets knocked out. You kind of still have to function because we're still in reality. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like putting this story, uh, like I don't think I really like articulated this story um, to anyone, definitely not with a mic in front of my face. Well, thank but, you. We appreciate I know. Please go um, ahead. Just, you know, being fully, fully vulnerable here and just kind of like telling the real shit. Um, went home and went into my room. I was living in Venice at the time. So my setup in Venice was like, this back kind of guest house with these two little bungalows in the back. One was my studio. The other one was my bedroom. And I went into this little bungalow and, you know, kind of just sat for a second, not really feeling anything. And then everything just came out. You know what I mean? Just like all the tears, all the feelings, all like the, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I, I really couldn't believe that that happened. I also should you know, tell that my mom had been struggling with her health with cancer for a long time, for many, many years. So it was something that I knew was probably coming just because it was just like a roller coaster of health issues. But obviously you don't expect it to be on your birthday and you don't expect it to be the day that you talk in the morning. You know yeah, what I mean? Like you, you just, you don't really know what to expect for, for that to happen. But I know from, from a young age, like when my mom first got diagnosed and was in the hospital, I was 14. So just going into high school and then all this personal stuff kind of just started to happen, which hindsight is why I probably never did really well in school. Even though I'm super smart and well-read and all those things, I kind of just took the initiative to be that way. I didn't really fall into like the infrastructure of like, the school system in America, which is really just set up to teach people how to be factory workers. But anyway, felt all these things, booked a flight home. Um, this is right before I signed um, my publishing deal with Sony. So like all these like me big meetings were kind of like bubbling up and kind of just going back and forth with my manager at the time. And then this happens. And of course, like that's when I get the call, like, hey, the head of, you know, your publishing company wants to meet you and can you go and take this meeting that we've been waiting for, for, you know, a couple of months, you know? So I'm like, fuck, all right. Like reality is being really real right now. Like, what do I do? Do I pass up this really important meeting that I've been working my ass off for that opportunity and say, Hey, no, now is not the time. Or do I go and take the meeting and then fly my ass back to the reality of what I was navigating with my brothers and my family. So I did that. I was just like, you know, why my mom wouldn't want me to like pass an opportunity that I've been working so hard for. Like, let's be real about this. And those moments, I kind of realized that there's no rules to grieving, you know, there's no like color by numbers, like on grieving. It's just like, you feel what you feel. And the most important thing is that you respect and honor the person that you no longer have in the physical sense. And that was another really major perspective for me that, that I learned in that moment is that like, we, we are here physically, right. And interacting and like have mics and cameras and all this stuff. But when this physical part is done, like our energy goes back to being everything again, because energy can't be destroyed, you know, like it literally scientifically cannot be destroyed. So all the things 
in us that give us life kind of um, keep existing despite us not having like our beautiful physical selves. So all these like kind of like realizations that started to happen in that moment that, you know, I was able to process during the world shutting down for, you know, a few months. I realized that one of the main things that me and my mom really bonded over was food. You know, my mom was a devout Christian and I am not, you know, I really am a avid believer in science and research and experimentation and facts. That's just me. You know, I I respect everyone for believing whatever they want to believe in, obviously. But when I realized that me and my mom had that in common, it went from really short conversations that would end as soon as like some type of like Bible verse or you need to pray or go to church or something like that would come up. And I'm like, all right, I love you, mom. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And it went from really quick spats like that to hour long conversations about recipes that she learned and who she learned it from and how this person does it. And they use this, but I use this ingredient instead because I like it more. And, you know, anytime like I would cook on Sundays, which is something I'd started to do I did it when I lived in New York, but when I moved out here, I kind of just instantly realized that you have to really cultivate like that connection here because it's a big city. Everybody's doing a million things. Everyone comes here to really like try to reach their dreams or their goals and like, you know, kind of that really important like tribal community thing isn't really front of mind all the time for everyone. I didn't come to LA to have the same existence I had in New York. You know, I came here to try new things and create a career for myself and another, you know, kind of facet of music that I didn't really have access to in New York because it's just not really the same infrastructure for being a songwriter or music producer in New York that it is here. And I'm sure like, you know, I have a lot of producer writer friends in New York that are doing just fine, but I know coming out here drastically changed everything for me. And it forced me to A, grow up and B, you know, be okay with being by myself a little bit. You know, in New York, you go outside to grab a coffee and you don't come back home till 6 a.m. because you ran into somebody who was just like, yo, come with me to this thing. There's this opening here. There's this show. There's this after party. And like, now you're at after hours and now you're coming home and the sun's up, you know? Like I've had so many days in New York like that not so much here, you know? You, That's spontaneity. Yeah, well, you can't just walk. You got to drive and you drive. You, you, unless you're an insane person, you're not driving drunk. You know what I mean? Like I, I, like, I love my life so much. You know, I feel like every facet of it from being an immigrant, poor kid living in East New York to, you know, living in a beautiful home in Altadena, like I love every bit of it. You know, I'm grateful for all of it. And I would not want to jeopardize it for something as foolish as drinking and driving. So I never really did that. And the few instances that I did, I was just like, I'm not doing this shit again. This is too wild. You know, like the risk versus reward factor, (laughs) it doesn't equate for me personally. But all that said is like, you, you really, you really can't have that same existence in LA that you have in New York. And that's not saying that LA is better than New York or New York is better than LA. You can't compare apples and oranges. They're two amazing, beautiful spaces that are alive and unique and give you certain things. And that's why you can hop on a plane for five hours and go back to New York and vice versa. You know what I mean? To like really broaden your perspective and broaden your scope. Yeah. I also think they're good for different phases of your life. Like I was in New York in my twenties and, you know, it really gave me a backbone. I was from Montreal and it was like really nice to everyone and, mm-hmm. you know, and it made me kind of be a little bit more self-interested. Oh, it'll, it'll learn and, you for sure. Yeah, it really, it gave me a backbone and it taught me a lot of things and you have the most inspiring people and community there. And it made me, you know, start my own company um, and all of those things. And LA is, there's more space and there's more space to uncover who I am and more space to discover new things about myself. There's a lot of like inner work, I feel like that happens here so that I, and then I can take that outside and outside realm. But yeah, I think both cities have their own like chapters and you just know when is 
to go move yeah. forward. But also, I totally agree with that. But I also have so much like respect for the lifers, like the New York lifers, yeah. the LA lifers. Totally. Like, that's a that's another like you know approach to existing that I can't knock. I respect it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish I had that. I can't knock and I can't relate to. So that's yeah. why I'm like, good for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, if you want to stay here the whole time, cool, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm like, I, I want to see you. as much of this planet as I possibly can with the short amount of time I have with his existence, you know? Yeah. And I've done a fair share of traveling with, you know, musical acts, which is cool because you get to see the cool kids and you get to see like the cool restaurants and you get to go to the cool parties and you get to do all yeah. like the, the cool stuff on all levels, like the DIY, like punk cool shit, the kind of premium A-list, like cool shit. Like I, I've, I've seen all of it and, um, and I'm grateful for all of that. But thank you for sharing the, the context with your mom. I think it's really beautiful. And, yeah, um, and thank you for you articulated so it very well. So now like it's COVID and you're processing the grief, you're, you're having more time on your hands to kind of take inventory of everything. How do you go to starting your hot sauce company? So I brought a bottle of the sauce to my homie's house who started a backyard brick oven pizza pop-up called Side Pie in Altadena. That's how I found out about Altadena. Like, I'm like you. I moved here, you know, a few years ago, but I'm still so new to this giant city. Like, I, there's so many, like, different, like, spots and zones and, and shit that I haven't even seen or uncovered yet. But we started talking on Instagram because a couple of our friends were going to the pizza pop-up and, like, kind of chilling. And it was just like, yo, this is safe like me, me and my wife are just like so like extra cautious we're like mm, I, I guess it could be cool it's outside like you know what i mean like the mm. pizza looks fire everyone's having a good time they're being super safe and, and responsible and about like who pulls up and make sure people are like you know tested and all that stuff right. whatever i'm talking to kevin on ig and he's just like oh you're panamanian like my mom's panamanian or some shit and i was just like wait what like you're a white boy from altadena your mom's Panamanian. She's like, he's like, yeah, like they moved there. Da da da. Oh no, she was born there because I guess her parents moved there. Like obviously, Panama is like one of the like the Broadway junction of the world. You know, it's like the Panama Canal. People from all over the world stop there, move there, live there, work there. So I was like, that's crazy. He was like, you should come over, like try the pizza, whatever. So I pull up and I bring a bottle of wine and I bring a bottle of this sauce that I had just figured out how to make and trying to get like some some feedback on it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was really spicy, more spicy than it is now. Obviously I was making it I want that at home. You like the spicy like, stuff? I like- we, we, I have some, I have I some like, at my like house. I like uncomfortable spice. I don't know why, but I'm addicted to it. I, lo I love that. Well, we could get into the medicinal properties of <laughs> uncomfortable like spice and capsaicin and all that stuff that I learned post all this shit. But I brought the sauce to Kevin and left it in the kitchen area, like where the brick oven was. And he had like a small staff of the most amazing, cool people like working there. And um, one by one, like people would come back and be like, yo, like who brought that sauce? The sauce is amazing. I was just like, oh, I brought it. I'm glad you guys like it. You know what I mean? And then finally Kevin, cause he's packing pizzas and taking orders and doing all this stuff, like running this, amazing like business out of his backyard which was crazy to watch it was so inspiring and he comes over and he's just like yeah that sauce is amazing like we got to do something with that we got to like put it with these pizzas you know what i mean like we got to like get people to try this it's so good and he leaves he comes back he's just like the last pop-up of the summer is going to be labor day weekend 2020 i'm going out of town for 10 days when i come back we're going to like run it up this one last time for the weekend and if you want, we could do like a collab pizza and make like some small sample bottles that we can pair with the pizza and sell it as a bundle. And um, he was like, if you could pull it together and bottle it, like I'm, I'm down to do that with you. So I'm like, I don't got nothing else to do. Like, this sounds like a cool opportunity. I never did no shit like this. Let me hit up my boy Press. Press Rodriguez is a phenomenal like branding, graphic design just design genius and a music Rolodex. Like he's like the coolest Cuban dude I've ever met in my life. He's from Miami. He works with a bunch of really cool brands like Andrew Skate Shop based out of Miami, which is an amazing collective with two other of our really good friends. And he works with Awake and he works with 
so many people. He's done album covers for, you know, artists that you definitely know and, and love. And I was like, yo, press, you're not doing shit right now. It's lockdown. I need a logo for this hot sauce that I just made. Can you, can you make something for me? You know, and he's just like, I got you, bro. No problem. So I'm like, I only got literally nine days. Like I needed like ASAP because no offense to Cubans. <laughs> no offense to Cubans. I love them so much. Press in particular time is like, you know, like he's on artist time fully, you yeah. know? So I'm like, like no. That's why there's Miami time. Exactly. He's fully Miami time, tropical time. Um, I'm like, bro, look, I know I need it in nine days. Like I have this really cool opportunity. I don't want to blow it. And I got to like send the logo out to like make stickers for these bottles that I just ordered on Amazon. And like these, I ordered funnels and all the stuff and like kind of backtrack a little bit, like. I had to reverse engineer making this sauce because it was one of those things that I'd be like, yo, mom, like, show me how to make this sauce. Like, it's amazing. Like, you send it to me in, like, jars. All of my friends, like, devour it. Like, I need to learn how to make it. She was like, oh, it's so easy. I'll show you next time. Like, it's like, next time right. you come visit, I'll show you. I would go and, and she would kind of, like, just make it really quick. And there's no measurements and there's no nothing. So I'm just like, damn, like, I know what it tastes like. I know what it smells like. I have no idea how to make it. You know what I mean? So... I reached out to my cousin, Siobhan, who reached out to her mom, my aunt Anna, who's the sassiest, most glamorous lady on earth. And one of the best cooks on earth too. My mom and her, like really, all my aunts really, like they all throw down, like they, they don't play. And she was just like, oh, we use this, this, and this. But I'm like, how much of this, this, and this? And they're just like, oh, I don't, I don't know. We, I just eyeball it, you know? I'm just like, all right, cool. So I got to like figure, it figure out. this thing out, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I don't think, um, I don't think you guys are doing this to like health code, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, like the way you guys are bottling and, and, and all that stuff. Like, I, I think they just kind of instinctually or somebody told them how to do it and they, they did it that way. But like hot bottling is like how you bottle like hot sauce so that there's no bacteria and there's, you know, it ferments the way that it's supposed to preserves rather. Like it doesn't really ferment. It's kind of like preserved with the salt and the vinegar and the high heat. So I had to figure all that stuff out. Thank God for YouTube because I watched a bazillion hot sauce recipe videos and kind of like took what I got from my, my cousin and my aunt and took what I learned from a bunch of different like YouTube chefs and then made this thing. And it took a while. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like an instant thing. My whole house smelled like scotch bonnet peppers for like two, three months. Shout out to my wife, Fee. She let me order cases of peppers and keep them in our garage. And right. I learned that the shelf life on them isn't that long. So you kind of have to work quick. Otherwise you have a giant box of moldy scotch bonnets that you can't use. And they're really potent and they're really spicy. And when you cook it, you have to like bring it to a, a certain temperature and that essentially makes your house and everything in it smell like you're inside of a pepper, like no. a scotch bonnet pepper. So I'm sure so. there's so many times during this whole process that feel like very like overwhelming. How do you like make sure that you continue to execute and not let certain setbacks like bring you down and stop? Because there I think a lot of people like will start something and then not execute. So twofold question, like how do you do it? And what advice would you have for other people who are like, have an idea and it is something sentimental to them and it's a passion and whatever, but they're having a hard time with the execution part. Patience. You got to be patient. You got to know that, that like, it's not just going to be perfect out the gate. Like nobody that does anything great was excellent at it out the gate. You know, you have to like be patient and embrace the process of learning and fucking up, you know, like making mistakes. And I made some batches of Jamama that were only Jazz would like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was so spicy. Like it, it just like was unbearable. And then I, you know, I kind of like took some notes and some of my chef friends were like, yo, you need to like write down like what you're putting into it and like really like take notes so that you can like cross evaluate like what you're doing and like keep evolving like the process and, and the formula essentially is, you know, science, you know? So yeah, I hit up press, I got the logo. I hit up uh, Sticker Mule and printed out a bunch of rolls of Jamama logo mm -hmm. for the, the bottles that I ordered. 
And um, we started making and bottling the sauce at home. And I gave a big jug of it to Kevin so that him and his team could fill up like a bunch of small little dropper bottles, which we thought were really cute. But yeah. eventually, the, if you keep it for a long time, the rubber in the dropper will start to get kind of like eaten away by the acid in the hot sauce. So you can't really use that commercially. Because I thought it'd be really cool yeah. to have like a little dropper, like tincture type yeah, that hot is sauce a good thing. Idea. There's a lot of learnings along the way, it seems like. And you just kind of kept going with it. And I think a good example, I think it seems like your friend Kevin like really helped like push you. And sometimes you need a little yeah, push. Yeah, he was like, he just gave me an opportunity. And I could have like been like, um, oh, I'm good and been lazy and just like not taken advantage of that incredible opportunity like his pizzas were popping like that like oh, it sounds delicious it's i mean so I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a sec but it was delicious it is delicious like it, it evolved from being in a backyard to having a brick and mortar that's like yeah. still killing it that but was like the beauty of COVID. i feel like a lot of these like side but like people just have to hustle you have to like turned yeah. in, turn their passions into like real things and yeah. i think people have to be creative Mm-hmm. And be like, I want to do something fun. And like, there's less pressure, I guess. I felt like I prayed and dreamed and wished for a moment that all of time would kind of stop for a second, just so I can like catch up, you know? Right. Because prior to that, I'm just like going, 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 like trying to like stay ahead of shit, like keep the lights on, like stay creative, like follow up, like create opportunities, like being an artist, being an entrepreneur, like there's no like, oh, I'm just going to go to work on Monday and I'm going to get my check, you know, at the end of the week and I'm good. (laughs) Like that level of security doesn't really exist when you are creating and existing in a life that you make for yourself, you know, and there's pros and cons to it, obviously. Like I have, you know, the ability to stay at home all week with my son if I wanted to, you know, and put everything on ice. Not everyone has that luxury, you know, and I think it's like a big risk. And again, there's hills and valleys and and kind of being self-sufficient, self-reliant. What are some of the most important lessons that you learned during that COVID time period to like, you know, get back to yourself, to get grounded, to pursue certain passions? And then how would you teach that to your son? I think that my girlfriend, now wife, is probably one of the smartest, hardworking, coolest, most creative, most talented, incredible humans on earth. And I did not want to fuck that up. I was like, yo, Fee is into me. I'm going to do everything I need to do to make sure that I fully like take advantage of, and I don't know if take advantage is the right word, but Take advantage of the fact that this woman loves me and respects me and is thugging this out with me. And in that, I kind of took it upon myself. And even before like us dating, like I knew I kind of like took a pause on going out and kind of just like started to really just do like the the self-work and like try to heal from things. And therapy, therapy, therapy is crucial to anyone that is reluctant or hesitant on finding someone that they can talk to and get other perspectives that are not your own. I think that is huge in evolving and changing. Like there are people that understand psychology, they understand trauma, they understand all these things that can help you have those aha moments that are like, oh, that's actually not me. You know, like this is some shit that happened to me when I was like, you know, a kid or a teenager. And it's just like something that I can literally just let go and keep it pushing, you know, like the ability to let go and move forward is so, so crucial. But, you know, that that's what it was. Like, I, I just, you know, wanted to be the man that my awesome, cool wife would be proud to be with. And that is what helped me wow. navigate that hard time. And, you know, we're, we're, we had just started dating right before that. And we moved in together. How'd you guys meet? We met through, all right. So people like press who designed the logo and the guys that, that started Andrew skate shop and a bunch of other, like really close Miami homies all knew my wife, you know, she grew up there. She was like friends with all of them. Everyone would sing her praises all the time. Before I even met her physically or knew what she looked like, 
I've heard her name a million times mm. and I guess vice versa for her. I would go down there to DJ like Soho House or Soho Beach House, like New Year's party or back when Grand Central was there or like, you know, I would just go down there and like DJ with, with my friends. And she was always on the road working. So she was never really around. And I didn't meet her until I moved to LA. And when I got here, she was dating someone that wasn't the right person. And I was dating someone that wasn't the right person. And they were friends and they brought us to the same place. And that was the first time we actually met in person. And after that, like we would see each other around. Um, We both ended up not being with those people anymore. We had a bunch of mutual friends. I was always cooking. So I'd be like, oh, pull up. I'm going to make a tomahawk steak or something like that. She's like, oh, Uh, yeah, I'm for sure pulling up, you know, for that. And um, we would like eat and watch movies like with a bunch of friends and she would pop in for a second and leave. And she was just, she was like too cool. You know what I mean? I was just like, man, this girl's like so chill and so nice and so beautiful, but never really like made a move or anything like that. Cause I'm just like, that's the homie of all the homies, you know? And then the year after my, my mom passed, like I had like a little thing for my birthday and I was hanging out with some folks and, had like a little like midnight in the studio working on a buddy's album and they got me a cake and my wife and a couple of friends pulled up with like a bottle of champagne. And I was just like, yo, she liked me. Like she's here mad late. Like she's like kind of given the vibes, but you know, I'm not really sure what, what the deal is as guys usually aren't because girls are like mad elusive instead of just being mm-hmm. like, yo, yeah. I, I like you. Like, what's up? You kind of have to use your intuition, but that's, that's pretty much how we met. And then I had like a little birthday thing. She pulled up, we ended up going out, um, afterwards and we hooked up and we never unhooked, you know, and then we moved into our house in Montecito Heights and it was beautiful and all of our stuff kind of just married each other just organically. And I was just like, if we could live together for a year, especially in this lockdown confinement, and I don't go crazy and she doesn't go crazy, I'm going to ask her to marry me and I'm going to, I'm going to see what's up. And that's exactly what I did. So we have to wrap up soon, but I do have one last question, which relates to this. Like, sorry, I feel like I just like, no, it's great. It's amazing. Okay. So you were in music and you did well in music. And then you started this hot sauce thing and you're like teaching yourself on YouTube how to do things. And like, you know, peppers are going rotten in your garage and like all these different things. And then you meet this girl and she's like, or a woman, I should say, and she's amazing and cool. And you're like, and she's friends with all your homies. There's no better like seal of approval than that. Right. right? And you're like, okay, wow. Like, does she like me in any of these these stories, these feats, these experiences and adventures where you like, I'm not good enough or am I good enough or like imposter syndrome? Like, cause I know just speaking from my own experience, like there would be a point when my house would smell like a pepper and the peppers would be rotten and I'd be teaching myself on YouTube and I'd probably doubt myself and I'd be like, should I be doing this? Like, Um, and I just need to know, like, is there just no ounce of like, or is it there and you just sort of navigate around it? I 100% knew I was not worthy of fee. Like I, I like <laughs> still wake up and like in our house with our son and I'm just like, she picked me like out of all these incredible like humans on this planet that she could have probably like chosen to spend the rest of her life with. She picked me. I'm like still in awe of it, to be honest. But yeah, I just, I knew I didn't have to think. I was like, I'm not worthy of this. <laughs> um, and just, I'm such like a wacky artist, like creative mind. Like I have no sense of time. I'm always late. Like all these like things that, yeah, I, I just, I'm just self-aware. I just, I know what I bring to the table. I know what my strong suits are. I know what my, you know, yeah. my weaker points are. And I think for me, I acknowledge my weaker points and I know that they're temporary and they're reparable if I am willing to put the work into fixing them. So, you know, I wish I worked out a lot more, you know what I mean? And had this body that like, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) is 
appropriate for Miami or LA. Um, <laughs> but I love cooking more and, and eating a lot more yeah. than I do uh, exercising. And I know that's one of the things that like I really think about all the time and that I want to get better at. And I do little things, you know what I mean? Like, again, like I spoke to my therapist and I was like, I really feel like I have this blockage with exercising. And she was just like, start with five minutes. Start with a push-up. You know what I mean? Start with a moment. And I'm sure like you'll do one and then you'll probably do a few more. And I was just like, oh, unlocked. Another, you know, another perspective. That's actually a really beautiful way to like bring it all full circle because you always said at the beginning, like you have to over try and you have to keep trying. And just like your therapist said, it's just like, just try one push up. You know what I'm saying? What's it going to do? And that's really in a nutshell, like the most important thing I think people overlook or don't pay close enough attention to is the idea of trying and not being perfect because none of us are perfect. Like you're going to try, you're going to mess up and you got, they're going to get back up and try it again. Or you're going to be like, I hate this shit. I never need to do it again. And either way, like you're never going to know just having thoughts and ideas in your head that aren't actualized. Like you have to go out and try the shit And if it works, cool. And if it doesn't, do some other shit. Like, life is short. But it's long enough to do the stuff that you're stoked on, you know? Yeah, I think. So, Ja, what's the point? (laughs) What's the point? I mean, the, the point is that there is no point. We're supposed to exist and we're supposed to be and we're supposed to share love and experiences and build this beautiful garden of community and family and Instagram and TikTok, as much as I'm addicted to both of them things, is not it. That's not reality. Reality is, I mean, minus the mics and the cameras and all that shit. Reality is exactly what we just did for an hour. It's like sharing our stories and finding the similarities and finding inspiration to try some other shit. I love it. Thank you so much. This was great. This is amazing. I have a lot. I need to re-listen to this pretty soon. (laughs) For sure. Send it to me too. This is amazing. Thank Um, you so much. Thank you. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.